This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I Am Real Estate. I am here with our resident, our knowledgeable legal attorney, Stephen Ebert. And um, we were talking about foreclosures. And before we continue that and talk about foreign nationalists and things of that nature, I just want to remind anyone, if you missed any part of the show or you want to hear it again, um, it is going to be re-aired at 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock today. So if you listen to it, great. Maybe you want somebody else to listen to it. And remember, and I think Stephen will tell you this before he starts. Stephen, we were just saying before the break that if you miss some payments um, and you kind of feel, forget it, I don't have enough money, I've missed three or four payments, that don't give up, call the bank and try to work a deal out with them because the banks do not want their property back. Absolutely. Is there any advice you would give people? Any advice you would give people on that? Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right that the worst thing that the bank could have happen in their mind is have to go through the process and take the property back because it's it's actually a big money loser for them. It's a big aggravation. Um, I think depending upon the circumstances, you know, we've had a lot of rule changes during COVID. You know, there were some forbearance programs that existed during COVID. Um, some of these programs are no longer there, so that, that's an important thing to consider. And I think what's also important is, you know, having, having a dialogue with an attorney who can explain, you know, sort of rights and obligations that are there for you to see what can be negotiated. Um, you know, at different points in, in the process, if you're a little bit behind, further behind, an action taken, um, you have opportunities to negotiate. Um, the bank's not required to take less, but there are opportunities there. And sooner rather than later is always the best strategy. That's great advice, Stephen. And I'm sure that if you have any legal questions, make sure to call us. Stephen, what's on your mind? I mean, you know, we were talking about Ukraine, which we just can't even... I can't even fathom what's going on. It's just horrible. Um, we talked about foreign nationals. What's on your mind today? Well, of course, first of all, my thoughts are with the people of Ukraine. It, it's absolutely horrific that's going on. And, um, you know, I mean, there really aren't enough words. And, and for anyone who's watching the news, anything I could say, I think it's already uh, been said. On it, I, I think this leads to, on the real estate side, you know, a conversation, um, you know, about you know foreign nationals and, and real estate transactions. And I know there's a few things that come up, and some things that surprise people. So I want to talk about what happens if you're doing a transaction when there's a for, if you're a buyer and you have a foreign national seller, and some things to keep in mind. You know, it's interesting is a lot of attorneys are not fully versed on this, but there's an area of law in the tax code called FERPTA, 
F-I-R-P-T-A. It's Section 1445 of the tax code, and it has to do with what happens if you have a foreign national seller. And what's important to remember is this is a federal law. It's not state-specific, and also it applies to all real estate transactions. So even though you might be a first-time homebuyer, the reality is if your seller is a foreign national, um, and this may be one of many properties or their only property, this law goes into effect. So again, this law can interact with really but seemingly, you know, simple real estate transaction. It's not just for a complex commercial transaction. And what the law says is that, look, the United States government is concerned a foreign national who has limited contacts to the country might sell their real estate, take their profits, and not pay their taxes. See, Dottie, if you sold a home or an investment property, right. you file your taxes each year, right? Right. And so the U.S. government says, okay, we know you're going to file your taxes, so if you had any capital gains tax, you pay it accordingly and you file a tax return. But if you lived in a foreign country and your only right. connection to the U.S. is that's one piece of real estate, you might sell, take your profit, and never pay and leave. And so what this law says is that um, a certain amount of the gross sales price, usually 15% of the gross sales price, has to be put into escrow until the IRS determines that the right amount of tax is paid. And here's the nasty risk for a buyer, even for a young first-time home buyer. What the law says is if the attorney doesn't handle this correctly or get the right affidavits, IRS has the legal right to go after the buyer for the unpaid tax. Steve, I think you better say that again because I really have been in the business a lot of years. I've never heard an attorney say that. And that's why I always specify you really have to use a real estate attorney when you're doing real estate transactions. So. You're saying, Stephen, that... And, and, and I'll, yeah, and I'll tell you a sad case that ended up with a happy ending from about a year and a half ago that I had. So literally yeah. what happens is, let's say I'm just an innocent first-time home buyer. I barely put my down payment together. I finally made it across the finish line in my home, but it turns out that maybe the attorney that I hired didn't know what they were doing, thought it was a relatively simple transaction, and it turned out that the seller was a foreign national and we have no affidavit saying that they are a US person and the IRS comes knocking on my door and says, Hey, excuse me, first time home buyer, your seller was not a what we call US person under the tax code and you don't have any affidavits or anything to back that up. And they would have the right, the IRS, to ask the buyer to pay the seller's tax who skipped town. Wow. And I'll and wow. I'm going to tell you a story. I, had, I got a very sad story initially a year and a half ago. I had a couple who was referred to me by their attorney who said, I got this notice. The IRS says I owe them $80,000. And, and they literally just closed two months earlier on their primary residence, first-time home buyer. They did not have $80,000 at all. And, and I said, here's what happened. The seller was a foreign national. And the attorney that the seller used did not properly file. Now, I want to tell you how scary this law is. 
because it turned out that that foreign national seller didn't have any taxable gain. So they owed the IRS $0. But the IRS then said, okay, fine, the seller doesn't owe money, but you still owe us money, buyer. They go, what do you mean? There's nothing you can do. Because there's something in the tax code that says if you fail to timely file, right? Even if you don't owe money or you paid the money, if you file late, you can still be hit with a penalty. And the failure to file was attributed to the buyer. So how did you help that person? What did you do? Well, well, I was able to rely on a technical error that I went through the weeds on, and I made an argument that the IRS ultimately agreed with, um, and it took about six months of back and forth with the IRS, and I got them to agree that the, they calculated the filing date wrong, and literally that made the difference between filing on time and filing late, and I got the entire uh, penalty, and then also all the, the and also all the late fees on that penalty all waived. And it took about six months of fighting with the IRS. Um, but it's it's a scary thing because people think, oh, it's just a standard deal. It is. Well, I think everyone thinks that. You know, they think, right? They think, oh, well, you know, it's just a real estate contract, no big deal. And that's why I emphasize because there have been horror stories where. Just like if you, if you, you know, I always tell people, if you have, God forbid, a heart condition or something, your GP is going to say to you, listen, I think, you know, you know, we found something here with your heart. I'm going to recommend you to go to a cardiologist or a heart specialist, okay, because that's somebody who only deals with that. So I think with real estate, people think it's a lot simpler than it is, okay, and it's not. And it's, you know, a lot of people find themselves in trouble because they don't use the right people and finding the right team. And that's why I always emphasize do not use anything else but a real estate attorney. Steve, how do people get a hold of you, by the way? If you want to. Sure. Well, they, they, the best is to get, the best I would say you can go, if you go to our firm website, so the law firm is, the website is Casson LLP. That's C A S S I N L L P dot com. And I'm right there. Um, and you can also always email me at S. Ebert. So first letter, my first name, S for Stephen, and then Ebert, E-B-E-R-T, S. Ebert at CassinLLP.com. Just send me an email and happy to help. Um, and I, and I want to die before I forget is also tackle this from the seller side. You know, it's interesting. I've also, I've also seen a lot of sellers, foreign national sellers, be surprised that they have these withholdings, but also that sometimes they could be exempt and they spend a lot of money. I mean, a FERPTA application could easily cost around $10,000 in legal and or accounting fees to process um, because they can be very complicated. Now, what's interesting under the law, and this is where I see also a lot of real estate attorneys not fully understanding the tax code. So this now is if you're a foreign national seller, what it says is if you look in the code, it says if you are a, quote, U.S. person, you can just sign an affidavit that the law doesn't apply to you. Well, a lot of attorneys are aware. If you are a U.S. person, I know, I I just, what is, if you are a U.S. person, it doesn't apply to you? Yeah, exactly. If you're considered a U.S. person, then no withholding and none of the scariest situation applies. 
Now, here is where definitions matter. If you look really closely in the code, there's three examples of a U.S. person, and a lot of attorneys are only aware of the first two, right? If you're a U.S. citizen, you're a U.S. person. So, Dottie, you're a U.S. citizen. I'm a U.S. citizen. We're considered a U.S. person. Okay. The other, that's easy. The second case is also easy. If you're what we call a permanent resident alien, if you have a green card, you're also considered a U.S. person. None of this withholding applies. And a lot of the attorneys that I come across only know of the first two cases. But there is a third case. If you're considered someone with, who has, quote, a substantial presence in the U.S., then you could also be exempt from the withholding. So imagine the following situation, right? For somebody who wants to become a citizen and get a green card, it can take years. So if somebody has the right kind of visa and they're really connected to America, they work here, they're staying here, they're here a certain number of days out of each and every year, there's a calculation that has to be done. But if they meet that test, they don't have to withhold either. And I mention this because I see a lot of foreign national sellers paying a lot of money and fees and waiting on escrows being released when they meet that test and they don't have to do it. So okay. what I really want people to take away today is that, you know, definitely talk to someone, especially in our New York market, which is so cosmopolitan, that really understands this very important provision of the tax code. Yeah, that's so important. And, you know, Steve, I can, if I can ask you a question. Earlier in the show, we were talking about, you know, go back five or six years, or I, I don't remember how many, maybe 2019, people, and again, a lot of foreign, foreigners, and also people that had substantial means, or Americans bought in LLCs, you know, which you could buy property and people not know who you are or anything about you. And then they changed that. You know, they made it more transparent. And now with what's going on with with, with Ukraine and where we're supposedly uh, going after, you know, these oligarchs that have real estate and jewels and this and that, um, did they go back or did, they didn't, like in other words, with the LLCs, did they go back and fix, they didn't go back, did they? It was just in the last couple of years they changed it, right? Well, there's a couple of pieces. You're absolutely right. The rules have changed. And I remember when I started, you could be very, very anonymous. And there's still a level of anonymity, but there's also other reporting concepts. So I don't know if I have enough time to cover all of them, but I'm going to pick on one. And there's something called FinCEN, and this is on the federal government. And this is really an agency that's involved to follow and stop financial crime. And one of the things, and, and Dottie, you really are spot on on this, the U.S. real estate market is considered very stable and has always been a very um, desired place for foreign nationals to be a safe haven, exactly, and, and, and to park money. And so what happened is exactly as you said, they use these LLCs, these limited liability companies, as conduits to acquire these assets. And so what happened was the U.S. government realized this, and they did something called the GTO, the FinCEN General Targeting Order. And what they do now is, depending upon which county that you buy in, 
and all of New York City is on the list, but also places like Miami area and Palm Beach, Austin, Texas, um, parts of Los Angeles. There's a variety of cities around the country, but think of the major cities. If you buy residential real estate in a business entity and you pay all cash for it, there's a special disclosure reporting form that has to be filed. So you're still anonymous from the folks who work for page six for the New York Post, right? Your name's not going to be out in public, but it gets sent in and is checked to exactly look at money laundering. And what's interesting is sometimes you get clients being upset about this because they say, well, wait a minute, I'm an American citizen. Why do I have to fill this out? For better or worse, the law describes the transaction, right? The law says if you're doing an all-cash deal using an LLC to buy real estate in these certain markets, you have to submit this form to the federal government. And it doesn't matter if you're a U.S. citizen, green card, or foreign national. The goal was to go after foreign nationals trying to basically pat pass through potentially questionable money. I'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll call it that way. But as part of that law, if you meet that type of transaction, the fact that you are a U.S. citizen doesn't mean these forms don't have to be filed. And But, but it was desired to really clamp down on international money laundering is the, is the rationale behind it. Well, let me ask you something. because I, so, so what I'm trying, you know, so as I remember, I was saying in the beginning of the show, that, you know, all these foreigners, and a lot of them were Russian. They were just all different. They were always buying. First of all, a lot of them wanted their kids to be educated in the States. Um, so they bought a place, and their kids could live there. Then they would have it. And also a lot of them would say to me, and I'll never forget, one of the biggest, well, big developer in New York City, which remained aimless, said to me, listen, and if I'm not mistaken, he was Russian. He said to me, in my country, they can make up a law one day. Just make one up. And if they don't like you, just make up a law and say, hey, by the way, you broke it, and we're taking all your assets. So it was advantageous for them because as many problems as you might think we have, okay, we are so lucky to be in the United States. I mean, people have no idea what it's like in some other countries. And so they would bring their money here, park it here, and have assets here that – now, yes, Stephen, I just, if you could stay on a minute after the break, can they come after you? Like, with these, what they're saying, like these oligarchs, can they get the, them out of their properties right away? You know what? We'll definitely we'll talk more about that after the break. Absolutely. Thank you. Route 22 Toyota. All right, Alex Kinsella, he wants you to know that due to the current landscape in the automotive industry, your current vehicle has never 
been worth more. That's right. Alex told me that he's paying overbooked value for all makes and models. So get over to Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey right now and find out how much your vehicle is worth, whether you lease, finance your vehicle, or own it outright. It's worth more now than ever before. Alex says it does not matter if you purchase or lease a new vehicle. They're offering overbooked value for any make or model. Supply is low, which means your vehicle is in demand. And our friends at Route 22 Toyota, they are making it worth your time. It's 973-705-8905. You speak to someone on Alex's team, you get more than ever before for your current vehicle. The address at Route 22 Toyota is 109 Route 22 West in Hillside, New Jersey, 973-705-8905. Or start here, please, Route22Toyota.com. You know, a business that epitomizes strong family values and tradition over many years is Pat Lafreda Meat Purveyors. Established in 1922 in Manhattan's Meatpacking District, Pat Lafreda Meat Purveyors has been an institution in the New York restaurant scene for three generations. If you've experienced a delicious cut of meat at a premier restaurant within the tri-state area, odds are it was a Pat Lafreda product. Pat Lafreda supplies over 1,600 restaurants a day. You don't keep up that pace unless you're on top of your game. Talk about a true New York success story. Today, Lafreda Meat Purveyors operates two of the nation's largest state-of-the-art facilities in North Bergen, New Jersey, keeping to their local New York, New Jersey roots. Go online to Lafreda.com. It's L-A-F-R-I-E-D-A.com. If you love Broadway, movies, and music, then tune into Broadway at the Russian Tea Room, Sunday afternoons at 5. Host Rob Taub interviews the biggest stars, writers, and directors, plus film and theater critics, along with people behind the scenes, from doctors and fitness experts to casting directors, stagehands, and dressers. It's the only show of its kind, and it's right here on AM 970, The Answer. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. We're going to be in Atlantic City to support our local community March 20th through 22nd. It's the 7th Annual 21st Century Drug and Violence Prevention Training Conference put on by LEAD, Law Enforcement Against Drugs. They are committed to reinforcing the mutual respect, goodwill, and relations between law enforcement and their communities. Sign up at LEADDrugs.org. It's LEADDrugs.org. Sign up for the 7th Annual LEAD Conference today. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to Eye on Real Estate. Um, I'm in the midst of asking our legal Stephen Ebert um, a question, and we're joined also by Edmund Bogan, and he's a um, specialist in Florida, the other things, and he'll talk a little about Florida. But I just got to finish up. Hi, Edmund. Hey, Dottie. How are you? Fine. Stephen, before you go, can you just finish that question? Because I was reading, and I think, you know, and of course the president said we're going to sanction, we're going to put sanctions on Russia, and we are going to seize the uh, properties. Uh, with these LLCs, how easy is that to do? I mean, I think people think that they can just go to the place and just take it. Well, you know, it's interesting. Depending upon when the LLC was set up, you know, certain information is more out there than others. But here's what's going to happen. Remember that while law firms have uh, a duty 
um, to their clients and certain client confidences. If they right. want to bring a case, they're going they're going to know, and the federal government's going to be able to make to figure out certain things. It's not always perfectly transparent, but they will ultimately figure it out. And the lawyers have an obligation, and the accountants um, to not, you know, aid in the bad fraud. And you know, this could be a fascinating whole conversation. But a few years back, there was a whole big uh, case called the Panama Papers, and this actually was involved with firms down in Panama, and that was really a center for all these types of transactions. So, you know, it, it's going to require some investigatory work, but the government is good at it. Um, they know what they're doing, and they have all sorts of financial crimes units. So I think if they decide to make it a priority, they're going to be able to target them. And, and you know, what I would say, and, and obviously we're here about real estate, not to get too, too much in, into politics, but the reality is this. There is a small inner circle with great wealth that is the bulk work of, of support um, for Putin. And, you know, if, if those individuals are being targeted, that will have incredible impact on the economy and political stability of Russia. Now, would that help the Ukrainians in time? You know, you know they're on the clock, the Ukrainians, right? It's an active war zone. Financial, you know, going after people's uh, financial sanctions and so forth, that takes time to ripen. So, you know, that's part of an overall strategy. I don't think that's enough to solve it, but it's definitely a critical piece. And look, you're seeing Russian money being frozen out. You're seeing the ruble dip, you know, you know it's worth, you know, a ruble's worth less than a U.S. penny right now. And literally, if you look at their financial shows, one of their leading financial TV shows, somebody opened a soda and had a drink and toasted to the end of the Russian stock market because it's, it's incredibly down. Um, so, yeah, well, you'll you know, please keep us posted. And uh, I'm hoping absolutely. that this is over by then. So let's pray that hopefully something happens before we're on this next week and we have a resolve. Um, but... We'll keep us posted. Thank you, Stephen, and have a great weekend. Wonderful um, week. Hey, thanks, Daddy. Thanks. How are you, yes. Stephen? I, things, things are great. Things are beautiful here in Florida, and uh, I, I could use some more property to sell. <laughs> but, well, uh, listen, you're uh, not alone. There's scarcity. There's a scarcity of property all over the country pretty much. I uh, think a lot of things are driving that. I guess low interest rates to millennials. Uh, actually, I think it's the largest generation of wealth, a transfer of wealth that has uh, ever been seen because the baby boomers will be leaving their kids money and the baby boomers' parents left them some money. Sure. I mean, I'm not one of those few. but uh, And people, I think, from COVID now are able to, I don't think it will ever go back to the way it was. I think that COVID... People learned that they could, in a lot of cases, you know, they could work out of their home and be in the office sometimes, and so that allows them to either be away longer or it allows them to be further away from their main office. So I think that has a lot to do with it either, and I think that being, you know, under lock and key for two years, basically, space came important to people, so there's a whole lot of reasons, but I... You know, I was in Florida, and I see what's going on because I see the prices, and they're off the wall. Off the wall is the word. Actually, it's just some, I know you like stats, so I, I looked some up here. When my wife and I moved down eight years ago from Manhattan, 
that you could Google um, the the words cost of living uh, calculator, comparison calculator. And Bankrate does one, CNN does one. In any case, at the time, if you spent a dollar in New York City, where we came from, you spent 53 cents in Fort Lauderdale. Today, it's 83 cents in Fort Lauderdale. And that's only in eight years. So part of that is obviously, naturally, the economy is, has gotten hot. But the bargains that we had for the major things like homes are not the same. And, you know, just so your audience knows, we went into this pandemic with an incredibly low inventory. Um, according to the Social Security Administration, 10,000 Americans are turning 65 every day. Uh, we were, as you pointed out wisely, we were all trained how to work remotely with, with Zoom. Once upon a time, I had a Zoom meeting. I had to explain to people how to do it. That's no longer acceptable right. if you're in business. So there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I look at pre-COVID and, uh, you know, what's happened after, and a lot of things, probably trends were probably going to happen, but it COVID expedited them. And one of these days when you come on the show, I don't know if we'll time to talk about it today because I want to talk a little about Florida, but uh, I will tell you that, you know, I built a company in uh the uh, real world, and I'm really very involved in helping build the metaverse, which is a whole other story, and it's a, a virtual world, and real estate is off the wall there, too, so, uh, yeah. and that's hard to believe. Okay. <laughs> I had to get my arms well, around it, but I, I, I just see that real estate pretty much all over, and of course, for East Coasters, um, Florida was always, you know, a quick plane a jump, you know, a hop and a skip. And it was a place they always went to because it's close. And uh, when I'm in yeah. Florida, I might as well be in New York, honestly. I mean, I see everybody I know. I, I'm Actually, I'm in Florida right now, and I'm going to a party tonight from a girlfriend of mine in New York who is having her birthday in Florida. So uh, so what Happy do you think? Oh, I mean, That's great. Yeah. So what are you seeing? You're seeing prices all up all over. Any places in particular that? Well, I'm a country club expert and a gated community specialist. I have a team and we work between this whole area. I think that, yes, everything's gone up. And to to the naysayers who are saying, well, at some point it will go down. I, I believe that there is a stabilization process. Let's face it. You know, people can't spend more than what they have or can be approved of in a mortgage. So I think that will be a factor at some point. But we're seeing this urban sprawl into Port St. Lucie and other areas north of here that once upon a time were more of a of a bargain, if you will, Stewart, Florida. Um, you know, lovely places, but just not as hot because they were farther from Palm Beach and Miami. Uh, today, because people have been trained to work from home and there's options and prices here are so high that it's actually moved up. And I think we're going to see even more by percentage increase in pricing in some of these northern northern uh, Palm Beach areas uh, that we weren't really seeing before. Um, yes, I think I, you're going to see that also. Yeah, I think also in New York, I talk about the Hamptons. I'm like, well, you know, just look on the outskirts because you can sometimes on the outskirts get deals. I don't really see the market going down. I see it maybe stabilizing. And right now, and again, this is just my opinion. I'm not a financial advisor, but uh, my opinion is we're in like crazy times and there's a lot of uncertainty with what's going on in the world so far. So 
you know, real estate is real estate. People feel, I think they feel safer in real estate than the stock market, okay? So I, I think that... Yeah, well, I do. You know, I do too. I mean, I figure, you yeah. know, the real estate, the, 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 the negative they say is it's not liquid. Like you, if you put it out for sale, you can't sell it in a day, but... Um, Actually, it's kind of looking like, you know, within 30 or 40 days, I mean, things are gone. But I think that people uh, working from home and, and being able to have that more, more of that flexibility, I, th- I think you're going to see second home market, markets boom, too, where people. Yeah, I, w- w- second home markets, third home markets. I mean, I know some, you know, again, we're getting into the ultra luxury at that point, but um no, the, the, the cost here, look, I always tell buyers, they say, well, I'm waiting for the market code to go down. I'm, why are you waiting for the market to go down? Because it's too high. I said, you know what? If you think it's too high, in two years, it'll be a bargain, and in 10 years, it'll be free. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, at you least know that's something? how it's going to feel. Yeah. It's funny you should say that, because I've been in the business 30 years at least, and when I first started the business, they had a picture, and I will never forget this, they had like a cartoon picture on the wall. And it was a picture of this old couple with a cane, and they were all hunched over. And it said, people, they're still looking for houses. They're waiting for the prices to go down. I saw that one. It's, it's, it's the young couple that was waiting for the prices to come down. I, so I think I saw it. that exact thing. And now they're real old, and they're, uh, you know, they're like 90 or something. But <laughs> I don't, I don't but, see that. I, I, you know, we were talking about foreclosures. And um, New York and Florida is one of them also that, you know, we were kind of looking at and saying, well, you know, with all these, you know, with, you know, you really, I don't know in Florida what the law was, but I know in New York you couldn't really, you know, you couldn't throw anybody out, and it takes a long time to get anybody out. I mean, people have been in the houses for years. We were talking about, you know, foreclosures and things of that nature. Uh, but they're hard to come by, and they're not necessarily a bargain. Would you give advice? What advice would you give, Edmund, for people looking for to buy in Florida? What should they do? What how should they do their homework? What should they do first? Well, look, obviously I'm in sales, so I say make a real commitment to a broker who's willing to make a commitment to you. All right, we Um, have a break coming up, Edmund. If you hold on for five minutes or five seconds, we just have a quick commercial break, and we'll be back talking about the Florida market with Edmund Bowen. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround... Our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay ahead of the changing weather. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. SurroundNewYork.com, connecting you with new customers. 
Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be the sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour here on AM970. Get thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Choose from a wide selection of trim levels in either front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive, all featuring the flexibility of third-row seating. And you'll be sure to find just the right Mitsubishi Outlander for you during the spring sales event going on now. Take advantage of special financing or special lease rates on every new 2022 Outlander. Some conditions apply. See Freehold Mitsubishi for details. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com. That's FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. 732-863-2788. Freehold Mitsubishi. Our friend Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO, has a special for you. Mike has asked me to make a special announcement. He is running a flash sale on Giza Dream Sheets. This is the best offer ever. 60% off. Sheets as low as $39.99 while supplies last. Go to MyPillow.com right now. Click on the radio listener specials for 60% off on Giza Dream Sheets. Mike's also offering a great discount on his popular MyPillow slippers. Now 50% off with your promo code. That's right, 50% off on MyPillow slippers and 60% off Giza Dream Sheets with the promo code AM970. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. 800-651-0798 for all of these great specials. 800-651-0798. Promo code AM970. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back and you're listening to Eye on Real Estate. And don't forget, okay, you can um, get my latest newsletter at www.dottieherman.com. And you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anything, LinkedIn, just Put in the Dottie Herman word, and you'll get the latest news on uh, what's going on in real estate and the world. We're here with a special guest and one of my uh, favorite, and I think most one of the most knowledgeable guys in the Ham in in uh, I'm saying the Hansons, um, Florida, uh, Edmund Bogan. <laughs> and Edmund, we're saying now, what advice would you give people who are thinking of maybe moving to Florida? and um, maybe don't know exactly what area they should look in. Um, what kind of advice do you give people who are coming from out of state? Make, it's a good time make, to buy. Sure. Make, make a to-do list of all the things that you want. You have kids. Schools are important. Put that on the list. You have dogs. There are older condos here. Ninety uh, percent of them don't want most dogs. So we need – it's not – I mean, I love my golden doodle. She's next to me now. But the point I is – I love golden doodles. I love them. <laughs> So, but the point is you need to have a strategy put in place and you need to recognize that it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I said earlier before the break that you need to make a commitment again, not just to me, you know, it, it, but to whoever broker using, get a qualified one and realize the stuff that you're reading on Zillow and some of the online portals oftentimes might be a little bit dated or they yes. don't tell you what the shadow uh, properties are. You know, somebody that's qualified a lot of agents say to me, oh, not another buyer. I'm like, no, if you get a good buyer, that's a great thing. If they're really, truly committed to you, 
you know, I, I could I could get you a place. I just need to have that type of synergy, and we need to be able to have uh, the terms set and, and understand what the what the budgets are, get you pre-approved for a mortgage if you're going to use one, if you need one. You know, all that stuff to get your ducks in a row really, again, I don't know if that's too basic an answer. Um, no, we did that. Florida. You know, we talked about that, that you have to have everything in your ducks in the row. You know, you, you can't, it's a very competitive market. All over. In New York, just the same. Well, I, mean, I feel badly for the brokers. I mean, we've had 10, 15, 22 bids on, on the same property because there's very little inventory. And when I got to Florida, I kind of looked around. You know, I've been coming here and, you know, I'm helping build the Douglas Elman offices for a lot of years. And so I kind of have an idea on prices, not like New York, of course, but some idea. And they really jumped. So we're, I think we're, you're... We're, you really jumped yeah. a lot. <laughs> we, we, it, it, it's, it's exponential, and particularly in the country clubs, which, which traditionally, because there's membership equity, um, you know, you have to pay. I live at St. Andrew's Country Club. There's 732 homes here, and in order to buy a home here, you need to pay $200,000 to join the club. You must. It isn't an option. Okay, so and wait so, a second. If somebody wants sure. the benefit of a country club, First of all, you know, because I think in New York, there's most the country clubs are kind of private, so you don't have to own property to buy them. You just have to have, have the money. Um, so what? So so what should somebody beware of when they're buying in a country club? In other words, I'm, I'm assuming they're all different, or are they basically well, the same? The, 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 all every club has its own policy. Just speaking about right. St. Andrews, it's it's the I call it the hello fee, $200,000 getting in, and when you sell it, you get only 20000 back. So, you know, New Yorkers could identify it as almost a flip tax. You know, you could identify that as they're going to use the money to make the club even better, and so at least that's how you justify it in your mind. Uh, okay, so what do you get it. for that? Like, so in other words, what if you- I want to buy a property there in St. Andrews, and I want to, so I, I, whatever the price of the property is going to be, I'm going to pay that. And or I'm going to get a mortgage for whatever. Uh, so then I so then I have to pay. When do you have to pay that up front? Or how, when do you, you have, have to pay to, that you, fee? You, you have to pay it at closing with the title company. It, it, it all it's it's it, it must transfer. It, it's it's one of these fees that has to happen at the time of closing. And it, no, it's simply a hello fee. <laughs> it really gets you in between POA or HOA fees. We call property owners association. And membership, you're spending about $48,000 a year here. So it's not a cheap place. But this is the Fifth Avenue of Boca. I mean, at least of the country clubs. This really is a sensational spot. Incidentally, something that we didn't touch on, all of Florida is experiencing what the Hamptons has known for years. I would go into the Golden Pear and, you know, call people. I knew it. Well, that's why I mentioned it. But, you know, you go into the Golden Pear they can't get staff right now because there's nowhere for them to live. Okay, well, we're now beginning to experience that. It really is, and I don't say that I have the solution. Again, like you, I, I just sell real estate here, but it is every area has its growing pains. Fortunately, I think Florida's uh, handling their growing pains quite well, but it's still a pain. I mean, there's still things that do come up. Getting staff is, you know, my wife's a professional organizer. It's hard for her to find staff. It's, you know, there's all sorts of. Um, uh, issues that we're having, but I, I do believe we're faring very well under the 
under the current uh, under these circumstances. I mean, with COVID and uh, lockdowns and delivery delays, you know, a lot of things really don't come. And you see the stores are not really stocked that well. At least in New York, I don't see them. But there's half the inventory that they did have. Um, oh, for God's sakes, get me some Tempe cream cheese. I haven't had it in months. You I mean, have New Yorker. That it's so. I feel like you know. People think they, they are from cream cheese, and you can't beat New York bagels and cream cheese. Florida it's doesn't empty. compare to them. Sorry, sorry. It's true. It's you're empty, right. You're right. I get low right, calories. But... <laughs> so I need listen, low calories. So if somebody's moving to Florida, like, would your advice be look first? Because I, I, when people do this, it kind of gets them all messed up. I think you should first and tell me if you advise this key in on an area because it's hard to compare to. In other words, first find an area that you like. And I think, as Edmund said, you know, make a to-do list and kind of look at, hey, what do I need? Do I need schools? Do I have a talented musician? Do I need schools with good music programs? Or do I have a gifted child? Do I have a special needs child? And key in on where it is that you want to look, hone in on a place, because you can't compare, like you can't say, well, gee, maybe I'll look in Boca, then I want that house. I mean, someone came to me the other day and said, oh, here's, I have this beautiful high-rise in Boca, and um, I'd like to sell that and get the same high kind of high-rise in Palm Beach. And I said, well, it's not going to exist there. Um, I said, but... You know, so I would recommend to find an area. Okay, then find, like you yeah. said, a real estate specialist that knows that area and knows the ins and outs. Um, and then decide what you're going to do there. Because I think, you know, do you want to be part of a club? And if you do, then, Edmund, you have properties that really, when you buy the properties, go with the club goes with it? Is that how it goes? Yes, and... And, and, and I named the most expensive. There's certainly a lot, some that are much more reasonable and some that don't require the club. But, again, it's, um, it takes a strategy because a lot of the deals are actually not happening on the MLS. As of this morning, there were 470 homes in Boca Raton listed on the MLS. To put that in perspective, there's over 7,500 people here who have their real estate license. So there's 16 homes, 16 re- licensees per listing. Um, most agents will start with that. What are you saying? What you're saying is what we call in New York, and really they're much—they're very strict about it in New York. If you get caught, they get mad. Um, but mm-hmm. what you're saying is listings that really are available, but they don't put them out to all the brokers. They're hush listings, like basically they know. Hush listing, shadow space, pocket listing. You know, everyone has different words for this. Words. I just know that if if I have a buyer and they describe something that works, I'm not shy. I mean, I can't be. I've got, a, I've got two kids that I've got to support. I will bang on a door and introduce myself or work, you know, through other agents that I know to try and get that, that knowledge and, that's and that intelligence so important that you have that so cooperation. Important. Because yeah. I can tell you that the good brokers know who good brokers are, and they really utilize each other. I mean, they really do. I mean, they... You know, they know that they, because we rely on good brokers ourselves because they usually have all the good listings. So we, we want to keep, we keep a relationship with them. And if, if uh, people look at it as a broker, as an order taker, the value goes low. If they look at them the way it should be, and the truth is many agents get the reputation they deserve. 
this is a craft. You get you get better and better at it the same way someone. But I, I think it's different can. now. You know, I yeah. um, am responsible for hiring Frederick. Uh, so mm. a million dollar listing, and I'll never forget. He wasn't. There was no million dollar listing when I hired Frederick. So um, he told me his past. Okay, and he had been working for a small broker at the time, and uh, he came to. And uh, somebody told me he's great. Then he told me about his past, which was kind of a little weird, but uh, whatever. Mm. Um, I saw a lot in him, and I thought he could be great. And um, he built a huge team. And they really are good, and they're on top of their stuff, and they work with brokers that are good. And so you want to work with a broker, especially in a market like now, uh, because you're you're not going to really know about things. And, and a lot of times brokers will know about something actually before it came out. I don't know what the law is here, um, but I know on Long Island now you have to kind of – now you're allowed – I don't know about in Florida, but in Long Island now you're allowed to um, write coming soon or coming on the market when it's not actually on the market. Are you allowed to do yeah, that here? We're, 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 we're not allowed to advertise listed properties until they're on the MLS. But what we can do, as I said before, is actually hunt. Uh, you know, I've got a great, I've got 370 agents and a think tank that I host. And oh, yes, I'm going to come on your show. And you're, your I can't wait Next, on Wednesday, or Wednesday the 16th. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But, again, you know, find a broker that doesn't make an enemy out of another broker. It's, a, it's the common person that does that. Brokers, brokers represent to me nearly 40% of my business. Did you know that? Almost 40% of my deals come from other agents, mostly out of state, should be told. But the, the agent that makes an enemy, so the signs are there. If they start talking about how horrible or, or trash-talking, you really don't want to work with that person. It takes a village. And they quickly, how does somebody reach you? Because we're at our show. Just, okay, just, just like you, at Edmund Bogan, E-D-M-U-N-D-B-O-G-E-N. And that's on Instagram. That's on Facebook. That's on LinkedIn, just like you. And Dottie, I'm so grateful to, to be here. I'd love to come back. It's always great fun. You will come uh, back. You me. will. We only just touched. We only started the surface. Listen, everybody, have a great weekend. And, again, our prayers are really with the Ukraine, and we're hoping that things should get better. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.